Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, in, before we get started, I want to thank everybody who has been listening to the podcast lately. I, it continued to stun me exactly how many people have been listening on average, which I can see in my metrics, and it makes me really happy to know that you guys like me ranting about anime on the internet, like, anywhere from two to three times a week at this point. というわけで、これから始まるのは出会いと別れについてのあれこれ。見たもの、聞いたこと、出会った人たち、別れた人たち、そしてあの時のこと、あの子のこと。救うために人を殺しをしなきゃならんとは。それってまさか。館内緊急警報発令。オリジネートゼロ、起動。あれか、私の言っていた。人類の英知の結集、決戦弾頭、シルバーボックスだ。オリジネートゼロ、同期には人
two, we're we're doing two episodes a month because we don't want to murder ourselves. Um, that means an episode every two weeks. And yeah, go check it out if you are so inclined. But that said, today we're gonna talk about Eureka Seven High Evolution. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for a decent amount of time, or you've heard my episode on Eureka 7, I think I may have even done an episode on Eureka 7 AO. Um, <laughs> we should just think, AO! Eureka! Um, that's not what that actually is, but <laughs> I. Eureka 7 has a like weird, unique place in my heart. And a lot of that is about me personally and about the kind of. The the inspiration that Eureka draws on. And if you've never seen Eureka 7... It is a giant robot show. Um, it... It came out here in... I, I remember seeing it in, like, the early aughts. And I remember illegally obtaining the entire of all 51 episodes when I was in college over the like, course of a week that torrent took to like do its thing and get me that show. And I I'm just I'm a huge fan of that show of that world. You do not need to do a whole lot to get me bought in. I watched Elreka 7 AO and while it was while lots of people were disappointed by that show it it made sense in everything from the it made sense to a certain point and beyond that point it was its own it had its own weird fault lines that i get um the other Eureka thing that i know of at least is Eureka 7 um sleep tight young lovers also known as Eureka 7 pocket full of rainbows and that is, so, and I'll, I'll probably um, actually jump to to referencing Naruto a lot in this podcast, and you're like, the fuck? You'll find out why, and this is the first reason why. Naruto made this movie, Naruto had a, had a canonical end that the manga got to first, and then the show got to, but in between that, they wanted to make one. They wanted to have kind of one last celebration of Naruto. They also wanted a fucking rewrite of Naruto and Hinata's relationship. So it it made more sense for them to get married because if you remember back in the day, there was a serious, serious. There was an episode where they're like. They just dangled on a stick, like, Naruto and so- Sakura could be married now. Like, that that's a possibility. Sakura does a false confession to Naruto, and Naruto just like, eat a dick, lady. I hate people who lie to themselves or anyone else. And it's this... It, it's a great shonen moment, because it... 
It is Naruto. It is like a peek behind the blinds into Naruto's brain of like he is emotionally intelligent enough to be like, I get, I get that you care about me right now. I get that you care about me more than your fucking war criminal childhood crush. Um, but I need you to keep being you because that's the only way that any of this is honest and we don't lose the fight, so to speak. Because Sasuke's still going to be a war criminal whether you bang me or not, lady. I'm going to have to deal with that. Like, that's going to have to get dealt with. But we don't, like, you don't need to give up your feelings for me that's not necessary. And that was a weird moment in, that was like a weird pivotal moment in Naruto where they're like, okay, um, Kishimoto is just straight up being like, okay, we're just going to focus on like the Hinata relationship angle of this going forward. And they also had the buildup of Hinata like defending him from pain for like a whole fucking episode and a half or something. And that was really emotionally charged and interesting as like an emotional piece in a big shonen battle story. But because it's not what the show is interested in, because romance was never what the show was primarily interested in, it had to have a light touch with it and it had to choose its moments carefully to like reveal those things. Like, in the early Naruto, just based Naruto show, the original, like, 901 episodes of that show, they had very key points where they, like, chose to show Hinata, like, seriously crushing hard on Naruto. But in... And in Shupiden, they had those, too. And they also had, like, side things, like... You come to realize... By the way, spoilers for Naruto, I'm sorry. This is just where I'm going now. Um, you came to realize that Kakashi, like, everybody he loved is dead. And that is just the truth. You came to realize that, like, why, that... It took Jiraiya's death for Tsunade to be like, oh, fuck, I love that asshole. <laughs> I will never be whole again. This sucks. I should have told him. And... It had this Naruto surprisingly through that through those like little plot points had this very like adult under had this very adult complex understanding of like human relationships and human and like the kind of affection that humans give to other humans and the way it changes and reveals itself and all that shit. The reason why I'm talking about this is because the last Naruto movie called Naruto the Last is a rewrite of Naruto and Hinata's relationship to make it make more sense that they get married at the end. And Pocket Full of Rainbows, the Eureka 7, um, Good Night Sleep Tight Young Lovers is what it's called, is... It's the official title, but it's also called Pocket Full of Rainbows, which I just fucking like the imagery of. Um, 
is that same kind of rewrite. It is this rewrite of Elreka and Renshin's relationship that brings it all the way back to both of their childhood. So they can, like... And so they can more... So they can bind this love story together in a more concrete way. And it... it, it it's that movie taken in consideration with that with the original Rekka 7 show is feels so odd because Eureka 7 is all about love. It is a giant robot show that is like only that just, just screaming from the rooftops at all times only love can stop the killing. And it's also this show that Rooted in this, like, California surfer, you know, techno rave culture that is a very specific, very weird, niche, like, cultural thing that is oddly incredibly American. And is but is displayed but on display in Eureka in a, in the original Eureka Seven show as it's, as like this amazing true real thing and like you know Gecko State is a bunch of like anti government speech bums who like go all over the world to like ride the best waves and they publish a like super popular underground zine. The implications to that thing, to that thing, uh, to that world as it's, as they create that kind of backstory is really interesting. And it, it's really, it's really, What's the best word for it? It it gives that world so much more life when you see all these characters and you see how they are like related to each other and their relationships with each other and you realize that like Dewey Novak is related to Holland and they fucking hate each other but they both have this like Southern California, bred, born and bred, like, kind of attitude, but they both diverge in hard in different directions at some point. And, like, they have this... And then you see Ma... And then you see, um... You see, uh... Like, you see Elreka, and you see, um... What's her face? You see um, Anemone, and, and we'll get to Anemone and Dominic in a fucking second, I promise. Because <laughs> they have more to do with this than I think you realize. But, like, Do Dominic, if... Throughout that show, they have this... They, they You see Renshin and Oreca's relationship progress, like... You see the full progression. You see Renshin and Elreka like go from like 
Go from meet cute to fucking in the forest, leave us alone. <laughs> Over that 51 episode. And in a more protracted way, you see that with Dominic and Anemone, too. And you see... But you see the, the reason... You see the reason that Dominic and Anemone have a, like, more fucked up relationship is because Anemone has been treated like this tool and this, like, this this monster that we can point at things and then tell it to destroy stuff, and they will. And then you have the whole thing with um, the Vatara Shrine and the, like, head priest there who tried to have a relationship and it failed... And now he, like, lives in devotion to his girlfriend he can't be with. And the whole show is about love. And that holds into Good Night, Sleep Tight, Young Lovers, which is the, mo- which is the first Eureka movie. Um, I'm told there's, like, weird canon stuff that happens with the video game, but I don't have a PS2, and... I couldn't get a hold of that game, so, uh, you know, that makes me sad every day, honestly. Um, but the thing that I'm getting to here is between that, between, between a 51-episode show, a movie, and then Eureka 7 AO, which expands the character set to include... Eureka Seven and Eureka and Renshin's kid, and they introduce like absentee father Renshin, and you like learn that something uh, that some like cross dimensional tomfoolery happened with Renshin and Eureka, and like Eureka showed up in the real world pregnant, and she gave birth to Al the. The AO in a Record 7 AO, although it's supposed to be Astro Ocean. Um, and it. It. It's still about love. That show is still about love, but it's about. It's about the love of parents and like what you do when you know your parents loved you, but they're not there, and there might be a good reason they're not there, but they never told you, so you, like, drift through the ether in this, like, weird, fucked-up way for a kid. And that's primarily what Eureka 7 AO is about. And then we get to Eureka 7 High Evolution, and... There's something I need I want to talk about here, um, and that is the fact that Eureka Seven in its runtime has created tons of a, a huge mass of characters. You have the char- you have all the characters from the original series, and then you have some characters from the friggin' video games, and then you have the characters from AO. And the thing that you would want to do is... If you, the thing that you want to do is with... um 
continuing a universe, which I might do a second um, Sunday edition about uh, this Sunday, but I'll get there. It, you need to either keep the continuity super straight or you need to like move far enough to like the right or the left of the screen where you're focusing on a totally different character set. So, AO's Eureka 7 Good Good Night Sleep Tight is a reworking of the Eureka Wrenchin relationship and it is a refocusing of it and it is a it, it's it's a what if movie. So what if Wrenchin and Eureka were childhood friend characters basically. Um but then but then AO is about the next generation of that storyline. And then the problem with high evolution is that it want it wants there to be a universe in which its plot works. And they're just not. And the reason why I said that the reason why I spent all that time on Naruto and the reason why I spent all that time on like sleep type young lovers and AO and all that stuff is Eureka 7 is once again at its core a sing a, a giant robot show in which the robot is standing on top of the tallest mountain in the world with a giant set of speakers behind it screaming at the top of its lungs, only love can stop the killing. And Eureka 7 has always, has always had that at its core. The, like, the, 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 like, relationship, relationships are always at the center of Eureka 7. Probably the biggest reason why AO kind of failed is because Al, the main character, they don't, the story never gives him a chance to really fall for like the cute blonde pilot who he like starts to like before he starts shifting dimensions. By, by the end of that, by the end of that saying, you're led to believe like, oh, he still loves this girl and this girl might still love him if she knows he exists in this dimension and it's like incredibly sad but also hollow because how should I put this the thing that makes Elreka 7 work is that it is it has like a rom-com thing it's like the rom-com anime trope thing of it's a big love story. All 51 episodes, all the volumes of the manga are dedicated to getting the characters together in a way that, like, no one will ever rip them apart again. And that happens canonically at the end of Eureka 7. You cannot change that. But because it was so concerned with doing that, and it 
it's pretty carefully plotted in terms of rom-com shit to give you jumps in their relationship often enough where they feel it feels real and the and um at some point there's um Norb the like Vodera priest guy is like hey um this is a big fucking problem they like each other too much for the point we're at and the Vodera priest guy is like yeah, and they all of a sudden have to like play asshole parents of like you have to you if you're gonna hang out with each other you have to do it with the door open kind of horse shit when in the course of the series they have no they have like no reason they have no right to do that to these two young people who are like very clearly fucking into each other and they they like introduce a like relationship MacGuffin basically for a period of time in that show and then Elreka and Renshin get separated for like a big middle section of that show and it becomes and it, it, it allows them to stretch the show out to the point at which like they can be happily together and like the rules of the plot allow it and all this other shit. But it, like I keep saying, it's about love. And the reason why Elreka 7 was so successful in its, like, demonstration of teenage love is because it reaches the fucking end point <laughs> of, like, they go on a lovely holiday in the woods where they apparently... Elreka gets pregnant with Al, and Al is born, and, but they also, because Renshin is human and Elreka is Koralian, which is the, like, they're, like, alien Earth antibodies, basically, and Elreka is, like, is one of a couple Corallian, like, humanoid Corallian negotiators, basically. <laughs> and she... And because they are in love and they are, like, basically an interracial situation, <laughs> I mean, but an interspecies relationship, basically. And... Because they go, they take the relationship all the way through the entire arc over 51 episodes. There's a kind of courage there that doesn't exist in lots of rom com stuff. It's it, it just like the thing that I super love about the love story of Elreka 7 is there's a definitive endpoint that those. In my words, those characters fuck. And, like, fuck with love and passion in the woods. And, like, they make a baby. And High Evolution wants it to be true that that didn't happen. 
at least in the way you wanted it to happen. But it can't not happen because that is the canonical end of Eureka 7. And if you don't let that happen, it invalidates the entire first series. So you get to high evolution. Where they have posited that there's an entire another universe in which the Nirvash is like a murder robot, or like a murder marionette robot, shows up and lasers things to death. They don't have um, ref boards or, or um, trap R waves. And it's like over-militarized to the max. And it is... Like, it, it is end-of-the-world scenario. Like, less and less of the world is inhabitable. Blah, 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 blah. And it's just... It has no... Not only does this movie have no interest... By the way, watching this movie is fucking wild. I spent, like, four bucks to rent it on Amazon because I'm like, oh, a record that a record seven movie that came out like a year or two ago. Let's let's talk about that. Cause I love I like I said, I love a record seven. Let's talk about let's watch and talk about that. I watched it on movie night. Um but it the reason why it's so wild is because not only is does it not have like Love will only love can stop the killing as a central thing. It is it's focused on anemone. And unfortunately the most interesting thing about anemone is when you hold her up as a when you hold her up with Elreka as a mirror and you see the difference between the two between the t- between the two, and also the other super interesting, the other super fascinating part about Anemone is her interactions with, um, Dewey Novak, and with um, with uh, Dominic, and this this movie. This movie knows that you care about the main about the main cast because it constantly shows you the main cast. And the the so you have the um so the the cast members that you're familiar with that are in this movie are Anemone, Dominic, although fucking weird version of Dominic, we'll get to that in a second. And then all the doctors from, um, from the original series. The um, lady doctor, who I forget her name. Um, the the big teddy bear doctor and the lady doctor's like bunhead assistant are all characters. And then you have a like black side character who is. Like, who's kind of like a less fun version of Matthew from the original series, in that he's a techno head, but it's that's like the they use him to start and stop interstitial music in context, in in world, and in context in the movie. Like that's all he fucking does, and 
basically, what they've established in this movie is that, like, Eureka 7 is a thing that is attacking the world and killing people. And which is... Mm, what is attacking the world and killing people is probably not Eureka 7. It is probably, like, a some form of a seventh swell, which is the, like, big super attack that the Nirvash can do and turn, like, everything around it to salt. Um, everything organic and non-human around it to salt in um, Eureka 7. Um, but it's, like, some, like, weirdly organic version of the seventh swell effect. And... That is, you come to find out, caused by something remaking reality constantly. Like, constantly attempting to remake reality for whatever reason. And they, they find, they find like, an old as shit version of Dewey Novak, like, poking into their universe. And they, like, lock him in a basement. They ask him fucking questions all the time. And... Here's the here's the here's the fun fucking part. Here's here's the fucking market marketing master five thousand. Please print scripts. Fucking part is the way that they um have decided they're going to deal with this because physical attacks do not work. Physical attacks only hold the thing back for a period of time. Is they're going to ground up small kids who can do this, and they're going to send them back into they're going to send them into a VR space that is really another dimension at which they can destroy this evil they can destroy the Nirvash, which is constantly evolving, which is why they call it high evolution. That is the only fucking reason from the inside fucking psychically and electronically and all that horseshit. So in that process you meet Fuka Anemone. They've given Anemone a first name, basically so they can have a plot device later on in the movie. And Fuka Anemone is, um, has a dad. Anemone has a dad now. That's weird. Um, who basically exists to be, basically exists to be like a tragic figure that Anemone has to say goodbye to at some point. And you meet. You meet Anemone first when she's a child, and I don't know why they fucking did this. I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't fucking know. It, of the long list of problems I have with this movie, it is low on the list, but it's on the list, so let's talk about it. Um, the All the scenes in which the characters are children are... Bad CGI anime o'clock. They they make Anemone as a child, as a CG character. They make Anemone's dad as a CG character in the past. I don't know why they did it. it but then it gets even worse when you meet Child Eureka, which we'll fucking get to. Um, can't tell. I do not. I do. This movie was is wild, but I do not enjoy it. Um.
you see child Elreka in CG, and you're like, mother, motherfucker, the rest of the movie is traditional. Fuck, why? And I should point out, Renton is in like two seconds of this movie. He's in two seconds of this movie. His name becomes this fucking curse on the world at some point. But he's, he's as an actual character, is in two seconds of this movie. Um, and not in the way that he's in like an episode of AO as, a po- as driving a point home of like, no, Al, you have parents. And there's reasons they're not here, but that doesn't mean they don't love you. <laughs> so sad. Um, but, uh, um, so, after like seven previous kids were just lost in, were sucked into this VR helmet situation, they stopped doing it. And then eventually, they, like, you fast forward in time from the, um, there's like a time skip, and you find out that, um, Anemone's dad just isn't there. It's very poignantly said, it's dead, but like, they treat it like he's just not here, don't worry about it, he's just not here, it's fine. And Anemone has... So, one of the best parts about Elreka 7 is it has this kind of style to it that is, was like, is like this, like, hip techno surfer look that is great. Um, Maho looks like a, like a surfer girlfriend, looks like a girl who used to surf, she still loves her surfer boyfriend, or her surfer husband, but, like, she doesn't necessarily want to anymore. <laughs> so she doesn't wear super functional clothes anymore. Um, and then you have... You have, um, in that show, you have um, Anemone, who wears this, like, very distinct, like, regal-looking black plug suit for her mech. And it's it's very it's very like militarized, but still glamorous and interesting and cool. And in this, they have like the they have <laughs> the weirdest fucking combination of things. They have the most functional like plug suit looking thing, like it's gray and it's like like dull gray and got like red highlights. Except except, and this is the this is was one of my favorite parts of the movie, this fucking weird little detail. She has nails on the gloves of the suit, and there's these, like, little three-dimensional plastic triangles that, like, look like they're clipped onto the end of her fingers, and they look like red cat nails, like cat claw nails. It's very funny. It's very fucking funny, because it's like... It's like, at some point, this teenager had some sway over how her suit got designed and made, and no one stopped her. They're like, sure, she can put nails on it. That's a teenage girl thing. That's fine. But so, basically, her vitals, um, uh, um, Anemone's vitals are monitored by her smartphone, and 
an app on her smartphone called Dominic. And in this universe, Dominic is a AI like voice assistant app, basically. And here's where we here are the two places where we really start to run into problems. Is what I said before really holds true? Is that these characters have pre-existing personalities, and as a matter of having of wanting to tell this story and no one's going to stop them they toss out the window basically all the characteristics of all these characters who if you are watching this movie you're very clearly you're probably very clearly a fan of Elreka 7 and like you see Anemone and you're just like shit she's a good person they already fucked this up and you, the only like thing they hold on to is the big like the like big guy doctor and the like older woman doctor. They call each other like teddy bear or whatever they used to call each other, and and like that's fine. But like every other characteristic of all the characters you've met before is kind of roundly chucked out the window as hardly as hardly and as violently as humanly possible. And you're left, but then, then here's the thing. Here's the thing I haven't told you. The VR universe that these kids were all being tossed into and now um, Anemone is being thrown into is the original universe for Elreka 7. So when they are being tossed back in, into this universe, they are being thrown into clips which they don't reanimate. I, I have a theory as to why, but they do not reanimate, so they're still in the old letterbox style, which is just the most. You're like, motherfucker, I think this came out in theaters. This is weird. <laughs> uh, but they, they get tossed into that, and they are supposed to sync up with like a in-world personality or avatar. And you're led to believe that if it's one of those, you die in the game, you die in real life, Ichikai scenarios, and the reason why um, all the other kids died is because they hit the point at which all the other kids in the, um, in the Ageha squad get fucking narked. <laughs> and they like just, they dove in and hit the wrong point and were like dead immediately. Um, but because, um, Anemone never, Anemone lives through that entire fucking show. She jumps in, syncs up, and is successful, but she is always joint, is always, always by her side is Dominic. But, key point, it is not the Dominic that is on her wrist. In her smartphone or on her wrist. Because they've got like a weird fucking wrist holder for her smartphone in her plug suit thing. Which is very strange. Very strange. Give her a smartwatch. Very strange. Um, But that Dominic is actually the model that is was her father's. 
And it proceeds to be like this setup of like she always has to go get the target, kill the target, whatever. And she starts to see that like the target is seems like they're trying to get to something, and I feel like I'm interfering. And who is this wrenching person? And she starts to have the building questions, but the the questions aren't so much answered due to her poking around. They're more answered due to like the story progressing, which doesn't feel good. It it doesn't feel good to watch your main character be, to watch a main character of anything just be fucking useless. Like you gotta have some real story chops to be able to pull that off, and this movie does not have it. It's this movie's a hot fucking mess constantly, and you come to find out that there is something remaking, attempting to remake the universe again and again and again and again and again, and that something is actually El Reca, because this movie wants you to believe that El Reca. Swap that Oreca's like mutated arm ended up mutating further and swallowing Wrenchin whole and killing him, which did not happen. And it, it for a period of time makes Oreca the big bad. Like, they've got to go fucking kill this little girl who just wants to be with her boyfriend for the rest of her life. And it's like. What ends up happening and what ends up what th- what this movie does in like the at like the three fourths mark is it basically says, What if love went bad? What if love got edgy and bad? What if you ate your lover and wanted them back? And it's just like it's a failure to use the core point of Eureka, of the Eureka 7 franchise to its to, in any way that is true to it. And that is to say, like I've been saying, Eureka 7 is a giant robot show on top of a mountain screaming, only love can stop the killing. Because until the last seconds of this movie there is no one who is in real love with anyone else in this story and you're like Alex why does that matter why can't this just be about like parental love in the way that Eureka 7AO was I'm like okay sure this movie is is probably the thing that it would be the best to be about is about the character of Fuka Anemone, not just Anemone, the character of Fuka, actually. Let's separate her from the, like, evil, misunderstood human experiment of Anemone um, that is in Elraka 7. The character of Fuka, like, trying to find a way to say goodbye to her father, who had died. But when it ends up being about is it ends up being about like Fuka having to 
Fuka Anemone having to accept the fact that her father is dead and also trying to help Eureka accept the fact that Renshin is dead. And them both, like, trying to pick up the pieces. But... This, the, the problem is, is that none of... None of the Eureka 7 franchise exists without Eureka and Renshin. It all relates back to them somehow. In every single way. Even in the original story, you know, like... Eureka was found by Renshin's father, who is Renshin's father. Um, what's his face? Um, Holland dated Renshin's older sister, who is Renshin's older sister. And there's this... There's this... It's a small world effect in Elreka 7 that makes you start to feel like it was never not going to be this way for this poor kid. <laughs> like eventually he was going to get involved regardless of whether it's like super well-meaning but super fucking cranky grandfather was like I I don't want my I already lost my my actual kid and his wife and my first grandkid to your horse shit. You are not taking the last, the only other Thurston alive for this stupidness. Fuck off. And that, that is like really heartwarming, but the like show and the universe kind of grab wrench and hole and says, grow up, kid. Here are all the pieces go into the universe. This is your path in life. And for a move for a movie in that in this thing to negate even a part of that creates huge continuity problems, huge like rippling effects for the entire show. It it, it becomes it becomes un it, it it falsifies the core message of the art that is the franchise of this universe, and once again, that is at its core a giant robot show that stands at the top of the mountain and says only love can stop the killing. And the point of the point of the fifth of the romance in Eureka 7 taking the 51 fucking episodes and sometimes dragging in the middle and having enough of an emotional weight to it that like in when I'm in the middle of watching that show like you don't want to fucking know me I am a sad sack I'm just like oh um um my friend Lauren who I record the uncanny Kirk podcast with hi Lauren has known me when I've been in, has known me for a long time and has known and, like, can tell when I'm in the middle of, like, an Elreka rewatch because she's like, oh, you're real sad. Like, what? <laughs> Are they at Charles and Ray Beams yet? I'm like, yes. 
it's very sad, and I'm very sad. And she's like, it'll be okay. I'm like, I know. And like, another couple episodes, they'll be together again, and I'll be happy, kind of. But the... I, so... Uh, the other possibility, the only other real possibility to this show, because of the way they bring Renshin back into the into the movie at the end, is that this like this thing, this universe of this movie takes place in like a sliver of time. And time is irrelevant and this is like a sliver of time. This is a branch that is really long but really thin. And it, but that doesn't super work because what ends up happening is it is so antithetical to what the show is about and to like the idea that you should never give up on love, you should never give up on the people you care about. So, like, the, the message that this show says right before they're like, nope, sorry, we fucked that up. Reg is still alive. It's cool. Is that... Just give up. Because even with all the cosmic power in the world, you will never find a way to be with the person you love. And it's... It's so... It's so fucked. It's so... And this, this is really the thing. This is really the thing that I want to touch on the the biggest problem with this show is not even that it is not super only love will stop the killing is that it is its best attempt at hope feels hopeless its best attempt at like the light at the end of the tunnel feels like you have to punch your way through the tunnel of human faces to get there. It If Elreka 7 is about if Elreka 7 pits a band of people who just want the world to the world to change for the better against a band of people who are basically world destroying assholes and doing Novak, this world, this world is about people just trying to keep it together and not trying to, they're not trying to succeed, they're only trying to exist. And that doesn't, that doesn't feel, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, at no point does this movie feel good to watch. At no point are you like, yeah, they did it. At points you're like, I mean, they, congratulations. It feels like, congratulations, you've, com you've completed your grieving process. You now get days alone without crying. Hooray. And it's just like... It it feels it feels like thankless and it doesn't feel like an escape. It feels like a retooling of what reality could be, and I 
that's not what they built with the first show. That's not what they built out in the second show, where even though it ended up as this, like, hopeless, weirdly fucked up thing where, you know, Al had shifted through so many dimensions that he didn't know what was what anymore. It, the, at the end of that show, it's about Al loving himself and Al realizing that his parents do love him. They just, they have, they, they, love, they love him and each other and they're trying to get themselves together and they, but they know he's safe. And it, it, it's this kind of like, Al, through that show, Al is learning to be, to love himself and be okay with himself. And then by the end of that show, he is open to like being, to being able to be in a relationship with, um, with Fleur Blanc, who is the like, who is his love interest in that show. And it's just, so that is still about love and about hopefulness and all this other stuff. And then comes high evolution and it is so convoluted. It is so, what if, it is so, what if we made a Rekka 7, like an Rekka 7 thing with modern fittings on it? That it just, it just doesn't work. You know, this movie is about giant robots. This show is a giant robot show. And the movie, this movie has little to no giant fucking robots. Really. And it's just, it's just a letdown. And like, I'm, let me put it this way. I'm happy I saw it. I'm happy I like put it into my brain because another Eureka thing in my brain and like I but it is in no way meets the standard of the other parts of the show. The other thing, the other fucking thing about this thing is the soundtrack blows. I feel bad for saying it, but the soundtrack blows. <laughs> They use one familiar song from the show, and that, like, queued up, like, you should care about this song. And if you've seen the show, you'll recognize it. But you're like, motherfucker. At that point, you're already like, ah, oh, motherfucker, this is already weird. Can we not make it weirder? And, you know, so that was, so that is basically, <sighs> Rekka 7, and this is the other thing I didn't, I didn't, introduces this but one of the ways one of the ways sometimes you know maybe something's not super great is the amount of fucking colons it has name so like this full name of this movie is Eureka 7 colon anemone colon high evolution and just it's not, it's really, like, if you're looking for an Eureka 7 movie that, like, it has that same soul of Eureka 7, go watch Good Night, Sleep Tight, Young Lovers. I think it's available somewhere to stream. I forget where. I think I watched it on, like, Netflix or something forever ago. But as, even if that's not the best movie, 
at the end of that movie is gorgeous because it is just Elreka and Brenchen sitting together alone on a beach and they zoom out and you see like multiple arcing rainbows like they're like looking at Shinto gates and it's the coolest fucking thing. That movie is like, how do we get to psychedelic hip to psychedelic hip hypnotic poster territory? Let's go. And also that movie has a really has some really good songs in it, so there's that. But um yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't put yourself through Elreka 7 High Evolution if you really like the show. Just go rewatch the show again. Or if you haven't seen AO, that's weird and interestingly that's weird and interesting enough. It's not super great, but you can go watch it. Um but with that said, I have been Alex, and if you like this podcast, you can subscribe in whatever you think you listen to me right now. Um, sharing the show with friends is probably the best thing you can do if you love this show and you want to like share it with the world. Like, tell a friend, be like, hey, this weird old guy on the internet talks about anime. And your friend will probably be like, motherfucker, I've heard of Anime World Order. Don't, don't come at me. And you'll be like, no, this other dude, just a lone dude in his, like, sky studio is talking about anime on the internet. And they're like, word? But um, that really helps the show. That's probably the most help I could probably ask for. Um, but until Sunday, when a new Sunday edition will be out, I have been Alex, and you have been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk at you on Sunday.